morning. It's December 29th. It is a clearing and unseasonably warm morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Just in case the weird, creepy, damp warmth still seems like some kind of fluke, the front of the New York Times has a five-column-wide graphic showing global temperatures rocketing away from the 20th century average as we wrap up the hottest year in recorded history. The accompanying story reports that from June through November, the mercury spent month after month soaring off the charts, and researchers are now wondering if the process of global warming has moved into a new and faster phase. The Times writes, Scientists' computational models offer a range of projected temperatures, and 2023's heat is still broadly within this range, albeit on the high end. Andrew Dessler, an atmospheric scientist at Texas A&M University, told The Times it's not time to give up on the computer models yet. Your default position has to be, the models are right, Dr. Dessler said. I'm not willing to say that we've broken the climate or there's anything weird going on until more evidence comes in. Meanwhile, the scientists are trying to disaggregate the effects of the El Nino pattern and of the reduction in particulate pollution, which improves human health at ground level, but leads to less of the sun's energy being reflected back into space. The lead story on page one is that Israel is taking the blame for killing dozens of people in two airstrikes on Gaza this week saying that while the military was trying to hit Hamas targets, additional buildings located near the targets were also hit during the strikes, which likely caused unintended harm to additional uninvolved civilians. It's not clear what distinguishes this incident from the indiscriminate bombing that's killed 20,000 other people in Gaza, but every little baby step towards someone going to The Hague is a good one. And above the fold, but not especially prominently played, is a single-column story about how the Maine Secretary of State removed Donald Trump from the Republican primary ballot, on the grounds that he had falsely represented himself as eligible for the presidency when, under the 14th Amendment's Insurrection Clause, he would be barred from holding office. The Times is getting roasted online for having described the 14th Amendment in the story as an obscure constitutional amendment, but that's pretty clearly just thinned out holiday week news writing and editing. The story meant to say, and has been revised to say, that the clause is what is obscure, which is still a pretty inane point to make, given that what's unusual about the situation is not the invocation of the clause, but the fact that somebody who tried to violently seize power is running for president. And inside the paper, in tribute to the blind derangement with which the Times has approached the question of how discourse around the Israel-Hamas war is playing out on elite college campuses, having reached a lull in the coverage of the forcing out of the president of Penn and the coverage of the attempted forcing out of the president of Harvard, The Times is now devoting more than half a page to a story about how there isn't really any effort to force out the president of Colombia. But as the fall semester ended, the Times writes, Colombia faded from the spotlight even as its peer schools, Harvard and the University of Pennsylvania in particular, were scrutinized over their responses to the war and claims of anti-Semitism on campus. Apparently not being in the spotlight is now enough to justify a news story. Looking forward to exhaustive coverage of many other things that are not happening in the new year. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. Your podcast host has another audio obligation on the 2nd of January. So if all goes well, we will talk again on the 3rd. Have a happy new year. Stay hydrated, mask up, and be well.